The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 31st, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. My co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it's a great honor to be with you. Well, I appreciate that, Bill. And Bill, you remember last week we talked a little bit about Richard Overton, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We believe he's the nation's oldest living World War II veteran. At 110 years old, he was being forced to leave his beloved Austin, Texas home that he built in 1945, and he felt that if he had to leave, he would see this as a death sentence. Being moved to to assisted living facility prompted Valma uh, Overton, Jr., the veteran's third cousin, to start a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for around-the-clock home care. The funding campaign has raised $117,000 since its launch in December, enough money to keep Overton in his home uh, of about 70 years uh, for only 70, actually only seven months. The family has been blown away by the response to the GoFundMe campaign, which raised $50,000 in the first two days that he launched that. Um, she said, rather, he said that he used the money to hire an in-home senior care provider to provide 24-7 support. He estimates one-year coverage will cost about $180,000. He's got to listen to some of our resources, doesn't he, Bill? Absolutely. Absolutely. Overton continues uh, to have no major medical issues and still enjoys the daily cigars and a shot of whiskey that he credits in part to his long longevity. Unbelievable. Yes. Now, yeah, he was. He's a he's a a tough little guy, isn't he? Oh my gosh. Well, maybe that girlfriend, thirty years younger, uh, has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, he may be breaking the law, but we'll excuse him. That's right. That's right. We're living in sin. <laughs> All right. You know, we had a great show last week. We had Jack Lyon, founder, and Phil Landis, president and CEO for the Veterans Villas of San Diego. They call the VVSD, and you'll hear that uh, a couple times. They have served all veterans since 1981 and is dedicated to leave no one behind. With five locations throughout San Diego County, the VVSD 
is the only program of its kind in the United States and is nationally recognized as a leader in servicing homeless military veterans. Each year, the VVSD provides services to more than 2,000 military veterans throughout the county of San Diego. If you happen to miss that show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, you have uh, some news today that fits right in uh, along with our guest. Well, I hope so, Gary. Uh, and this is uh, uh, in the uh, Fort Worth, Texas area, uh, where uh, some high school students have been selected. These are high school juniors to be paired up with World War II vets for a visit to the National World War II uh, Museum in New Orleans, uh, mm-hmm. Louisiana. This trip is going to take place uh, between uh, the 1st and the 3rd of March uh, this year, and it's part of the Soaring Valor Program sponsored by American Airlines and uh, the Gary Sinise Foundation. We're familiar with Gary Sinise. And each of these students, as I said, will be paired with a World War II veteran who is by a caregiver. Now, a, a reaction from one of the students, and uh, it shows his name is uh, Christopher Chabar. He says, you can read about history in the textbooks, but hearing about it from the veterans in, is a completely different experience. And I say, you know, uh, uh, kudos to that young man who's a junior at uh, his local high school in Grapevine, uh, uh, Texas. And uh, this prob- uh, this program, uh, it's uh, being um, headed up by uh, Suzanne Newell uh, from the school there, and she said the students were selected for the Soaring Valor uh, program based on essays that they had written. So uh, a great opportunity for them, and. Uh, uh, you know, finally, they're saying that more students get to go on the trip and, uh, and visit the World mm-hmm. War II Museum, and it's offering a great enrichment opportunity uh, throughout their district. So uh, uh, this is great to be able to pair up uh, high school students now with our World War II veterans, Gary, and as you know, those individuals are leaving us real fast. We started out with about $16 million uh, persons who had shown up and uh, became a part of uh, the call-up uh, during World War II, and we're down to now less than 600,000 of that 16, uh, 16 million. Wow, that's unbelievable. And I remember you giving some numbers of that a couple weeks ago. Um, that was a strictly volunteer uh, service at World War II. And how many, you said 60 million? million, and that was at a time, Gary, interestingly enough, where our national population was about 130 million uh, citizens in the country, which they represented about 11.4% of the the total population. And as we've mentioned before, today, with our population well uh, in the area of 350 million, uh, we get about less than one-half of 1% one of the population who serves today. Wow, that's unbelievable. Wow. 
Well, let's get on with today's show. You know, today's show actually will show us about total community involvement, also a unique way to educate students about the true meaning behind Veterans Day so they can understand and appreciate the value of freedom and its cost. Bill, you have the pleasure of introducing our guest, Ken, today. It is a pleasure and an honor, Gary, to introduce Ken Buckles. Uh, Ken is the executive director and founder of Remembering America's Heroes, a retired school teacher and uh, ex-football coach. I, you know, I have great respect from the uh, football coaches having been under the tutelage of that myself as a youngster. For over 20 years, Ken has led high school students to honor and thank real American heroes, our country's veterans. The mission has been and continues to be uh, to teach our youth and communities the cost of freedom is high. Since 2002, Ken has been the executive director and founder of the nonprofit Remembering American Heroes and has spread the mission to 40 high schools, mostly in the state of Oregon. Ken, welcome to the American Heroes so Network. Welcome, Thank Ken. Thank you. All right. Now, Ken, I, I know uh, that number was 20 years uh, that you've been doing this. And uh, what was the deciding factor of, you know, actually putting this into the Remembering America's Heroes into action? I know I can't remember what I had for breakfast. But I'm, I'm asking you to go back 20 years. And Well, it's, uh, as uh, Bill explained, it's teaching youth and students, our communities, the cost of freedom is high and to thank and honor our veterans. And to get them to realize it doesn't matter if you think the war in Vietnam was right or wrong or if Iraq was right or wrong. You know, we need to thank and honor these veterans and shake their hands. And uh, the students, wherever I've gone, have been an incredibly easy sell job. Um, but there really is a history as to how and why this started, and it goes back to uh, my childhood growing up with my father who uh, I was born in 54. He was a Korean War veteran um, at the withdrawal of the Chosen uh, Reservoir. And uh, I know now that he had the, the effects of what they call now post-traumatic stress, but back then nobody talked about it or dealt with it. Um, I just couldn't wait to get out because uh, the symptoms, you know, were the anger. He was very strict, and he was a good man, very hardworking man. But it was, uh, I graduated high school in 1972, and it was the last year of the Vietnam draft. And I knew in high school I wanted to be a PE teacher and a football coach. I wanted to play college football. I had dreams of playing pro. Um, and so my father said, all right, here's the deal. If you get drafted, you're going to go down and join the Marine Corps. If you don't get drafted, you can go play that stupid sport in college. <laughs> well, I didn't get drafted. I ended up following my dreams. I played football at Portland State. I wasn't good enough to go farther, but uh, um, I became a high school PE teacher and football coach. I taught weight training and coached assistant wrestling and assistant track and had a wonderful career. But, oh, about the end of my career, 1984, my father uh, took his life. And uh, my mother, he was 54 at the time. My mother was 51. And within three years, she was dead. She had just, it just destroyed her and gave it up. So that had a huge impact on me in the, in the late 80s. 
you know, starting to teach stuff to high school kids in the weight room and coaching stuff and then realizing, my gosh, we have Veterans Day off and Memorial Day off with pay, and I'm not even a veteran, and the kids don't even have a clue what it's all about. And then the next thing that really inspired me was the 50th anniversary of World War II from 91 to 95. I started watching all the specials and reading everything, and then that's when I approached my high school principal in 95 saying, I want to start a day. Uh, where we bring the veterans in and uh, um, we feed them breakfast. We have divide them up into classrooms to talk to students, and we feed them lunch. And then we we're going to have them walk into the gym uh, to a standing ovation, like they just won the Super Bowl. And we're going to recreate a Bob Hope USO show, uh, and we're going to honor all the veterans. And uh, it's a uh, and, and I laid it out. I said, we're going to ask the kids to dress in their nicest clothes. We're going to ask the boys to wear ties. We're going to ask the girls to wear dresses. We're going to ask the kids to fundraise for this event so the school can't use the excuse we can't afford it. And so we did it. The kids were amazing. They would raise thousands of dollars every year. Um, the Teachers would say, you know, it was hilarious because they said, oh, you'll never get these kids to dress out. They'll skip in mass on that day. You will have all kinds of discipline problems. And uh, they were 100% wrong. The kids rose to the occasion, and the kids were amazing, and it just would, it blew the veterans away. Um, I started out at Milwaukee High School, which is a uh, suburb of Portland, Oregon, and it's a, a low socioeconomic, very diverse student body. And so I realized it then, and uh, I said, you know, I need to get all these kids to buy into this and get excited about this, so I need to recruit uh, veterans of every race and women veterans. And so I started reaching out, and I brought in Novo, Navajo Code Talkers, Tuskegee Airmen, Japanese Americans of the 442nd, Native American veterans from different tribes from all over, Mexican American veterans, women veterans, and, of course, literally hundreds and hundreds of World War II, Korea, and uh, Vietnam veterans, including four World War I veterans who are, of course, no longer with us. But uh, then it was... Um, it just got so big that we had to take the tribute to Veterans Assembly, the recreated USO show, to the NBA arena in Portland, and we involved many high school choirs and high school bands and talent from all over, and and uh, and we were able to honor several thousand veterans at once with that that show. And that there was a Vietnam veteran that it just um, he claims this saved his life. He was a corpsman, Jim Page, and his wife is a retired colonel, Kathy. They're the ones that said, let's help you form a nonprofit um, so you can start taking this to other high schools. And uh, it was high school kids who named the nonprofit Remembering America's Heroes. And that's because in order to sell the teachers and the principal's job, I took with a couple other teachers, I did a student survey in 1995. And uh, number one question, uh, question was, what is a veteran and what's Veterans Day to you? And and who are your heroes? And the number one answer was they take care of dogs and cats. Um, it's a day to sleep in or it's a day to go to work. Um, and my heroes, they would put professional athletes or rappers or movie stars. And so after doing this program for several years, that completely switched. The surveys was my hero was a veteran. Um, 
these other ones are not role models. I, I might like their music or their acting or whatever, or they're watching them play on Sunday, but they're not a hero. Um, and uh, <laughs> it became a day where we understand why we take those days off, and we appreciate it, and we feel very grateful and lucky that you know we live in this country and we owe these freedoms to uh, to these veterans. So. I should probably stop and let you guys ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and when we come right. back, uh, we'll get into uh, a lot of the other events that you have done. Okay. So, well, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with a guest, Ken, from Remembering Americans, America's Heroes. And Bill? Uh, yes, Gary, and Ken, you know, I, I just must uh, uh, applaud you for taking on this project and being very successful with this, but uh, I would imagine that uh, you put a Thank lot you. of time into this, and uh, but uh, I'm sure you uh, have to depend on some help. I mean, and just the production of this, and I'd, I'd like to get a feedback from you as, as far as uh, in the community, the, the parents of these kids, uh, you know, the support that you get. And uh, I've, I, you mentioned a little bit about the impact on the students, but mostly important, if, if this exposure to remembering and participating in the remembrance of our American heroes, how has that changed their attitudes, if it has at all changed their attitudes? It's the impact uh, for the students and the parents was phenomenal um, because of uh, social media and Facebook. I'm able to keep in tabs with these kids who are now, uh, you know, young young families and kids, and uh, 
the stuff that they'll post on Veterans Day and Memorial Day, and then the comments, thank you for teaching me this, I'm going to teach my kids this. So the ripple effect has been uh, uh, phenomenal. Uh, I did this program, we called it Living History Day, at Milwaukee High for 15 years, and when I retired from teaching, um, <clears throat> they, it was an opportunity for them to end it. Another high school called Reynolds High School, with some, uh, the principal had been a teacher at Milwaukee High, said if Milwaukee doesn't want it, we'll take it. So they've done it there, uh, I think it's seven years in a row now, and I've done it with uh, other high schools uh, over the years too um, to keep it going. But the impact, whatever high school we go to, and we've been to extremely poor uh, schools, rural, out in the country, inner city, um, uh, private schools where the, the kids are definitely upper middle class, the response has been the same. Um, the kids have been uh, uh, amazing with the, the respect and honor and, uh, you know, teaching them how to be respectful and honor and thanking people is something that they, they just love it because some of them, they don't get that. Now, the impact on the veterans has been uh, miraculous because... Uh, I cannot tell you how many dozens and dozens, probably over a hundred veterans started getting post-traumatic stress counseling because they would come into a classroom and they, some of them would just start to open up for the first time and it got very emotional and they were crying, they couldn't talk and they, and they don't go into and they don't share explicit details, but it was just, you know, gosh, I, lo I, I lost my best friend, I still think about him every day. And so many of them would write and call me and say, gosh, this was so healing. Um, and then they would, they would start getting post-traumatic stress. And we're talking uh, counseling, and we're talking a lot of Korean War and World War II veterans that before they were told, um, you just suck it up, get a job, and you know, raise a family and go to work. And what, what I try to teach people is they need to understand the history of this. You know, we, during the Civil War, these people were put in insane asylums because we didn't know how to deal with them, but they were, you know, they were the effects of war. And, and the largest uh, uh, insane asylum in the world was in London after World War One, where they, they just locked up, you know, thousands of World War One veterans. So to say that, oh, you know, it's just the Vietnam vets that started, no, it's real. It's been real probably for thousands of years, and it's a huge problem now. Uh, as we know with Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. Um, and so I, I've literally had people, you know, Jim Page, who helped found this, said that he was suicidal at the time and this saved his life. So the impact has been huge on both students and veterans. Well, Jim, uh, uh, Ken, excuse me, I think this is so important because uh, I see this as a two-way street uh, from the standpoint that uh, I know from my experience in having boots on the ground in Vietnam and, uh, you know, m most uh, of the uh, individuals that I know that serve normally are not talkative about, uh, you know, what their experiences were and how it's impacted on their uh, on their life. But to be able to set up uh, uh, a situation like this where you've got youngsters, students in school, and, and those that have, have served, it's an opportunity for them to have an outlet uh, to the students, 
but also, on the other hand, I would think for the students to appreciate the kinds of uh, situations that uh, our men and women have served that, uh, that, that they, they experience. I can recall as a youngster growing up, and uh, I had the greatest respect for our World War II veterans that I would see because, uh, you know, there was so much pride. Many of these individuals I saw continued to, to, to wear their uniforms after they had been released from active duty in the community, going to church, wherever it is. But hopefully, uh, one of the impacts, uh, you know, with the students is to understand you know, what happened to these individuals where when I go back to my experience, I, you know, I can remember being told, you know, Mr. Johnson, you see him going down the street there, you know, maybe, maybe a little uh, different in his acting, but he was in the war and uh, he, uh, he's shell-shocked. So, but, you know, I heard that, and I didn't have an appreciation for what that was all about until years later. So I'm hoping that these are some of the kinds of trade-offs that are occurring with your program, with uh, uh, being able to come in contact uh, with veterans who serve. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, that's just amazing. Uh, amazing uh, the experience and success stories I've heard. The other thing is because of all this, um, I've, I've become very close to many, many, many of these veterans from all the different veteran organizations and, of course, um, all the three three major wars and I didn't, never thought that I would be asked to come speak at their funerals or memorial services, so I've done that many, many, many times. And over the years, I would get to know them. I would get to hear a little bit more of their stories, and they would share a little bit more. Or I'd be with them with, with some buddies were like at the Chosen uh, Reservoir. You know, they'd open up, and I'd tell a story, and I'd say, is it all right if I uh, record this? And um, so I would tell a story at the memorial, and I'd have the spouse and the kids and grandchildren come up and said, we never knew this. Um, and so it was that the, they never shared any of this with their family. They shared a little bit with the students. And, of course, as we know, veterans, uh, uh, you know, will only open up to veterans who have been there, done that, and uh, which is understandable. But, um, yeah, it's been a tremendous uh, healing process for, for many of them. Well, Ken, it's also interesting and I think a great idea to include families, uh, members of the, the, the veterans when you're making that contact with the students because they have stories to tell also. I mean, in terms of being caregivers to these individuals uh, who uh, it's sometimes difficult uh, yeah. with the uh, veteran opening up to a family member, but the things that they observe that they can pass on that give you uh, 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 what this, this total experience has been all about. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> That's unreal. Uh, Ken, why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, URL for the website. Okay, it's uh, www.rahusa.us. And the R-A-H stands for Remembering America's Heroes. So it's, uh, you can Google Remembering America's Heroes or my name and it'll come up. But it's, again, www.rahusa.us. All right. I notice you also have another URL. It's uh, uh, backwithbuckles.com. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, that's kind of a, a very exciting, amazing story. Uh, we had to move this summer and downsize from a big home to a smaller home. And I, uh, my nonprofit is just me. Uh, there's no salaries or anything. It's just me and, and my wife, Melinda, who helps a lot and sings at everything we go to. And uh, so I had a lot of uh, stuff in boxes. I had a lot of memorabilia, gifts, plaques. It's incredible, all, all the stuff I've accumulated over the last 20 years, uh, film footage, uh, VHS uh, uh, pictures, and there was a young man, uh, his name is Dustin Erickson, who of Wolf Wise Media, who graduated from Milwaukee High in 2004, and he actually um, was heavily involved with film and everything for many years and, and was really into this. Well, he reached out to me. Um, he's a struggling uh, a young man working another job and trying to get his business going. He says, let's take all this stuff and get it online, get it on uh, uh, the website, get it on Remembering America's Heroes Facebook page, get it on YouTube. And so he's been going through all this stuff, and then he said, I want to film you for a sh- series of short stories because, you know, people are... Their tension span's not very long, so we thought we'd do that. So he said he came up with the name, and yeah, it, this is uh, the series, and it starts today after this show. We're going to launch the first one. It's called Looking Back with Buckles, and it's a series of short stories, and that is www.backwithbuckles.com. And uh, um, the first uh, uh film that we they interviewed me in is my close relationship with several uh, Tuskegee Airmen. There was about six of them that I ended up that came every year and got really close to them and, and I actually spoke at all of their funerals from Washington D.C. to Seattle to Los Angeles and then there's only one that's still living, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Jefferson of Detroit. So that's the first one and then the next one is uh, my relationship with all the different Native American veterans and then so on each every week we're going to release a new uh, series um, on just another way of educating uh, people and spreading the word uh, you know that uh, the cost of our freedom is high we need to thank all these people <laughs> what's uh, I could add to that is that um, I've been for years, I've been veterans and uh, friends, and everyone is saying that uh, you need to write a book, you need to write a book, because I have the personal stories of of so many, probably well over 50, four World War I veteran stories, of course, like I said, they're long gone, um, many, many World War II veterans, uh, Korean War veterans, and uh, Vietnam veterans, and... Uh, and so I'm writing, uh, uh, I've been working on this now, and it's, the book's going to be called Remembering America's Heroes, and uh, it's chapters on uh, each one. And, for example, uh, uh, the, the four Tuskegee Airmen that I have their personal stories, only one wrote a book, Alex Jefferson. And right. so I have some of the amazing stories, and these, these, they flew. They flew combat, and two of them were shot down and were POWs in Germany. Um, and I, and I've got them, you know, all these different stories that I'm really excited about. So that's something that, um, I'm hoping to get done within a year. <laughs> all right. But, uh, well, can you hear me now, Ken? Yes. 
All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'd like to hear a little bit out about Frank's story. Is that okay with you? Oh, I'd love to. All right. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel has a call to action. Donate $22 or any amount you can today campaign. With help from those special people who care, the future television broadcast and production studio can become a reality. Go to the VSPchannel.com to learn more about the television broadcast studio and donate today. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We are with our guest, Ken, from Remembering America's Heroes. And before we get to Frank's story, uh, Bill, you had something to ask, Ken? Well, I just wanted to mention to Ken, because he, he spoke just a little bit about uh, World War I veterans, and, uh, and of course we know they are all uh, have departed now. They are none of record. But, uh, Ken, the last uh, known uh, World War I veteran of record uh, resided in um, over in West Virginia, in, in Charlestown, West Virginia. Yep. His name is Frank Buckles. If uh, and, it's, yep. and his last name is spelled the same as yours, and I believe he was uh, 108 years of age at his 110. Past. Okay, all right. Yes. we're on the same wavelength. Yes, uh, he, we are related, and oh, I became great. very close to him. I came back and visited him on the Gap View Farm. Uh, many times, it's yeah, it's right out of Charlestown, West Virginia, which was named after George Washington's older brother, 
Harper's yeah. Ferry is just down the street, and you sit on the porch of his 1750 farmhouse, and it's the view, they call it the gap view because it's the uh, Virginia, Maryland, West right. Virginia coming together, the Shenandoah and the Potomac. But, uh, and he was America's last living World War I veteran, and uh, the first time I went back to visit him, we talked on the phone many, many times in the 90s, and I went back when he was 99 years old, and on his wall he had a big handmade chart with the name and the age they were in the year of the last living Revolutionary War soldier, 1812, wow. War with Mexico, Civil War, and all that. And I and at the time, I said, wow, how many World War One veterans are left? And he goes, oh, there's probably a couple thousand. And uh, I said, that's something. He goes, yeah, my goal is to be the last one. <laughs> so well, he, it, it, he was, and uh, if I remember correctly, he was Corporal Frank Buckles. Correct, yep. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, uh, born on a farm, of course, in uh, uh, Bethany, Missouri. And uh, when he was in Oklahoma City uh, uh, um, doing some work for uh, uh, his father, had bought property there or something, to, and had transported horses down there. He tried to get into uh, the Marines, and they said, get out of here. He was 15 years old. He tried to get in the Navy, and same thing. So he went to the Army, and uh, they, they took him, uh, they were skeptical, but they took him and signed him up. And he, uh, he said, back then, you know, there's no TV, computers, radios, nothing. He said, we just grew up hearing the glories of the great Civil War from veterans that, you know, would, you know, walk around proud of that. So we just, we wanted to get in the glory. He said, we had no idea how horrible war was. He says, I begged to get to the front. He was an uh, Jeep driver for uh, an officer in England, and he said, he said, the best I can do is get you uh, to the ambulance corps um, where that will get you retrieving wounded from the front. And uh, so he got, was put in the ambulance corps and did that for a few months before the war ended. And he, uh, in that ambulance corps, of course, was Ernest Hemingway and Walt Disney. But um, I don't know if he ever met him, but <laughs> he, uh, when the war ended, he was um, asked to. Uh, or assigned to take German POWs back to Germany. And he became friends with one of Teddy Roosevelt's sons, and they owned the Roosevelt uh, steamship in, in, uh, line. And so he got involved with uh, shipping and was heavily involved with that and traveled all over the world and learned to speak many languages. And in 1931, they were stationed, to, um, stationed in Bremen, Germany, and he um, was in Germany from 31 to 37 until Americans were ordered out. While he was there, he became uh, uh, an international competitor with an equestrian and became close friends with a German equestrian and an elite equestrian club where all the members of this club were German officers and generals, and this was in 34 and 35. He ended up going to a big thing for the Olympic team in 35, and he walked in the uh, um, lobby, and he walked right by Adolf Hitler. Um, he went to the 36 Olympics and uh, saw Jesse Owens win the, uh, um, the uh, long jump and the 100 meters, and he saw the gold medal uh, presentation. And Four then, gold medals, I, I recall. Yeah, four gold medals. He only saw two of the events is what he had said. 
he spent a lot of time watching his buddy and the equestrians. <laughs> and uh, But he ended up uh, being hired in Manila, the Philippines, uh, with charge of shipping and receiving as one of the major docks there. And, uh, of course, eight hours after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, they also uh, attacked and started bombing and invaded the Philippines. And so, and that was led to the the tragedy of the Bataan Death March and the fall of Corregidor, the largest surrender in American history, and and yeah. so many being POWs. Well, he um, he joined the resistance movement uh, uh, with Filipino guerrillas, and uh, he because he spoke Spanish real well, he posed as an Argentinian businessman, and he helped smuggle supplies on barges at night over to Corregidor until he was finally caught. He was then. He spent the rest of the war in Los Banos prison camp, which was uh, primarily uh, American civilians and American nurses. And uh, conditions were not good there either. And they were going to be executed on, uh, I believe, it was February 28th. And of course, this is when MacArthur and we had found out that they were executing uh, American POWs, so that's when we started going in and rescuing these people. Well, they were part of the 11th Airborne, parachuted in, and then guerrillas and 11th Airborne on the outside, and they rescued all uh, 2,000 of them. So he was a part of that, and then he came back and uh, married a gal 20 years younger and moved back to uh, West Virginia where the Buckles originally uh, uh uh, had property there back to the 1700s and uh, bought the Gapview farm and became a farmer and historian and got involved. He was a member of uh, Defenders of Bataan and Corregidor and organized trips back to the Philippines several times. And and so he, <laughs> it was something when he became uh, 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 the last living World War One veteran. And the thing is about him, he, he lived to be 110 his memory was incredible. All he ever did was read, and uh, his memory was perfect. And he, he exercised and lifted weights his whole life, too, until, until he was 106. <laughs> so he was quite, quite the man. Unbelievable. Well, we're, you know, as, we know, as you already know, we're a sucker for stories, but we're going to go ahead and take our break. And you're listening, right. to the Amer- you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Ken, from Remembering America's Heroes. And, Ken, you're going to tell us a story about Frank. Yeah, well, uh, when he became the last World War I veteran, he said, you know, I really want to be buried in uh, the World War I section at Arlington National Cemetery and as close to uh, General Pershing, Blackjack Pershing, as possible because he had actually met him and shook his hand after the war, and that was his hero. And so um, I set an appointment to talk to the person in charge when uh, we, we attended the funeral of uh, Tuskegee Airman uh, uh, Richard Macon, who was buried in Arlington, and uh, I spoke at that memorial service. And so I met with this guy, and he just said, well, uh, this meeting's not going to last very long because it's impossible. He'll never get into Arlington. You have to be uh, um, Purple Heart or killed in action. It's just it's not going to happen. There's only been one uh, uh, exception ever made, and that's a Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, so you give up. So I wrote the governor and senators and, uh, of West Virginia and of Oregon, and again, everywhere I turned, no, it will never happen, no, no way. Well, anyway, um, I remembered that uh, I got an award, uh, the Patrick Henry Gold Medallion from the uh, Organization of World Wars since 1918, and they give out these national awards in 2000. I was the, only, the first one on the West Coast since 1918 to get it, along with Representative Henry Hyde of Michigan, the Speaker of the House, and Ross Perot. So because of that, I invited Ross Perot to come to our big event at the Rose Garden, where we had a big uh, tribute to veterans, and he was the keynote speaker. And I reached out to him, and he said, okay, we're going to get that old boy buried in uh, Arlington. I'm uh, good buddies with George uh, Sr., and I've known Georgie since he was a little baby. He said, you keep quiet. Don't say anything about this now. Stop what you're doing. We'll get him in that. We'll get him buried in there. Two weeks later, I'm watching the national news on NBC, and the thing was Brian Williams at the time says, President George uh, W. Bush signs an executive order uh, allowing the last living World War I veteran to be buried with full military honors in Arlington National Cemetery. <laughs> so, All right. It happened, right. and what's amazing is the World War One thing they said was full, 
but they buried him in there, and he's 25 yards away from General Pershing's grave. And uh, oh, the the funeral, they just went all out there. They had shut down uh, Arlington. It was, it was just incredible, amazing. The president and vice president showed up, paid their respects. There was brass from uh, France and Philippines, and, of course, I've never seen so many three- and four-star generals. <laughs> Wow, but American, so it was it was really something. Um, but that's that's the story of getting Frank Buckles buried in uh, Arlington. All right. Now, Bill, I know you had a bunch of questions that we don't have enough time for, but we do have enough time for another one. No, I I, I just wanted to uh, to to further explain uh, when Ken was talking about the Eleventh Airborne Division. And that group, uh, Ken, you may have heard of them. They were called the 555th uh, Airborne uh, Battalion and uh, known, uh, com- commonly known as the Triple Nickels. And uh, those individuals, there's about three or four of those guys that uh, are still here in the, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. And one, I think, uh, maybe about two or three years ago at the age of 86, 87, he, uh, he made a jump uh, with smoke. Oh, wow. That's um... <laughs> unreal. Well, Ken... What would you like to um, What would you like to bring up as far as uh, the organization, the nonprofit? Uh, I know, which is a good thing. Um, like you said, there's no salaries, but again, you do have to uh, pay for admin. You do have admin expenses, and, and it's something that uh, you know you you can't live without. You know. Now, do you have a lot of volunteers that work with you, Ken? I have. Uh, there's people every uh, fall when we, you know we. This last November, we did three different high schools, Jervis High School, uh, McMinnville High School at Evergreen Aviation and Space Museum, home of the Spruce Goose and Reynolds High School. So there's the staff and administration there, and there's veterans. Mostly, uh, it's most, a lot of it's uh, at my end is me, and, and when we do events, my wife will sing. We'll always have her sing Wind Beneath My Wings to the veterans at the very end, have them stand up, and it's very emotional. But uh, I just really would like to encourage people to go to our website, Remembering America's Heroes, um, www.rahusa.us, and go through that. We're also on uh, Facebook, Remembering America's Heroes Facebook. There's a Dustin Erickson of uh, Wolfwise Media has put a lot of uh, footage from the past that it's amazing. And these people, of course, are long gone. And then invite people to our series. Uh, um, called Looking Back with Buckles, and that's at uh, backwithbuckles.com, www.backwithbuckles.com. And buckles is the plural of the word buckle, belt buckle. So, um, And we start our first one right after this show, and, of course, you can see it anytime you want. Um, but, yeah, really excited. And I said, there, I, don't, I don't get a salary. Um, I put a tons of hours and energy and, and even a lot of my own money into this because I just felt like I, I shouldn't be, I'm not, I'm not supposed to benefit off of these people's legacies or your people, you veterans' legacies. So that, that was, you know, and, and truly, uh, you know, the, the law, huge percent, almost 100% of your donation goes to, the, to pay for the events every year. Um, I, uh, you know, it's just, it's just uh, and I, you can contact me that through there. You can email me. 
Um, love to, you know, this is something that should be happening in every high school in the nation. It would be amazing uh, if we did, but you know, we're losing all these veterans. The World War uh, II veterans, of course, are going real fast. What people don't realize is the Korean War veterans, a lot of them were World War II veterans, and they're up there in age, and we're losing them rapidly. And people don't understand is that right behind them are the Vietnam veterans, and we're losing them too. And I don't think our country, uh, hopefully, will never see three war veterans back-to-back-to-back like this again. Yeah. Um, because when you're all gone, that's an amazing part of our uh, our country's history, and uh, you know I just hope we keep it going by you know, remembering these Iraq and Afghanistan veterans and thanking them and helping them because it's it's the right thing to do. That's that's but, true. And then also the the books coming out, I'm really excited about that. So you can keep track of us on uh, on Facebook uh, or Remembering America's Heroes website. All right. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, and, and Ken, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. And when you have these events start rolling for you, let us know so we can help you um, uh, get word out about it. Well, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners in closing? Please. You know, it's. I wanted to be a great football coach. I wanted to coach at the college level. And... This happened in 95 and 96, and my coaching career went out the window, and this took on a life that I never thought would happen, and it just took over and became my life, like it was my calling, my cause, my mission. Um, but the blessing has been incredible. I tell you, I, you veterans are some of the most amazing, wonderful, kindest amazing people I've ever met, all the different wars and conflicts, peacetime, whatever. I've just made so many wonderful friends and learned so much, and my admiration uh, and respect is just off the charts. So it's literally changed my life, and it's not what I intended to do. I wanted to be, (laughs) I wanted to coach at the college level, but, you know, I have no regrets, no regrets. This has been a, a blessing. And now I feel like it's time to share a lot of these memories and, and all the stuff I've learned so it's not lost and, and that the future generations can, you know, get on uh, the Internet and, and see it or read about it. And, and, and then you just as long as these high schools want to do it, I'm going to keep doing this. You know, and, right. Uh, so. right. Once again, Ken, it was an honor having you on our show today. And Bill? Well, uh, Ken, thank you uh, for your service. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said at one time that we all can be great because we can all serve, and you are serving. And, uh, you know, I think, I, I, you know, you are a great football coach, and, 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 and just to, uh, to back that up, you'd be very helpful if you predict the winner of this coming week's Super Bowl. I you know, you my that. wife's from Atlanta, and she's down there right now with her mother in the hospital. And uh, I'm hoping, uh, I always like the underdogs or teams that haven't won it. So I was so happy when the Cubs won and uh, when the Cavaliers won. And so now I'm hoping Atlanta wins. I, I think they're red hot and rolling, and it'd be nice. I'm tired of New England's such a great program. I mean, gosh, right. they've done it for 17 years. It's amazing my hat's off to them. 
I can share that feeling, Ken. And uh, I want Atlanta uh, to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, again, everyone, I want to thank you, Ken, and uh, thanks for listening. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host Bill and our guest Ken. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thing.